Yo, what up, Big Chief? Would Sports Daddy TV Cast presents the Coastal Bros? What's going the on? The Coastal Bros. Good morning. Morning. How's it going, bud? Going good. So we had elimination chamber last night. Yes, we did. Okay, so all in all, pretty decent pay per view. Um, about a 6.7 out of 10? Uh, yeah, I have it about an 8. It was okay. Um, okay, then let me go down my points. Uh, uh, the first match of the evening was the first ever women's tag team match, which was a – I give it a gold star for that match. One being that – um, that match, I gave it a nine out of 10. I'll just go ahead and do it that way. Um, the reason why I gave it a nine out of 10, um, I was happy. I was not happy that the team that I wanted to win didn't win because they were the real for me watching cause I'm solely a WWE fan. So solely watching the WWE, I thought the Iconics, even though they're crazy, would have represented the tag team belts first very well and would have gone along the line of doing something different. Um, the Boss and Hugs Connection are our new first women tag team champions. And that doesn't bug me. But what bothers me just a little bit about it is that these are the two that are in the limelight on Raw. So you just gave them belts just because they couldn't beat Ronda Rousey. That's just the way it felt for me. And I'm 100% happy that Nia Jax and her lackey didn't win it. How do you feel? Well, in my household, it was a party because the Boston Hug Connection is my girl's favorite tag teams. And uh, we were there. We were happy. Um, I kind of saw that coming. Um, I actually thought that they were going to beat um, Tamina and Naya. I thought they were going to pin them. Um, I'm really shocked to see that um, Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville were the last team for SmackDown to be in it. Um, I didn't... I didn't. All in all, it was a great... I didn't catch the full match um, as I got home late, so I caught the ending of the last... Uh, the last two uh, last two teams and it's great I just hope it's just just this title I hope that Raw doesn't get their own and Smackdown gets their own they don't, they don't need that but uh, I'm okay with the Sasha and, and Bailey the champs I'm you know that they're they're pushing their little tag team I guess the little beef they had is all ironed out so yeah, like I said, I don't mind that they won. It just, for me, felt like the reason why they won is because they couldn't beat Ronda, which, again, I know this sounds weird, but the, those two being champion, on tag team champions on Raw, to me, says that you just took the two best individual women wrestlers out of the division because Ronda Rousey is champion. And then they went and embarrassed Ruby Riot last night, but we're not there yet. The second match of the evening was the McMiz versus Usos Penitentiary tag team match, keeping the tag team theme going. Uh, I guess that's the way they wanted to write it in. Um, and we, I just want to give a quick shout-out and congratulations to the Miz who announced on the station last night during the show saying that they are going to have a second baby. Yes, that, that was great. Um, as far as the match goes, all right, guys, welcome back. So, like I was saying, it was, it was interesting because we got some news about Jimmy and Uso and Naomi and getting pulled over and cops and stuff like that and deal with the law. So I was thinking, well, one, they're going to pull that match 
or two, they're going to have to – they're going to have that match, and then Shane and Miz are going to win. And the Usos are going to deal with some issues with the whatever happens, and that's the price they pay because they lost the match. They'll lose the match, and we'll go from there. And to see them winning, I was kind of shocked. What about you? I actually have to agree with you 100%. We had got news from our, um, I guess you could say our WWE connection <laughs> or whatever you call our, our, our N, our, uh, our link. What do you call it? We call it um, our, our, our buddy with the, uh, the inside information. Yeah, our insider information from our... I guess you can call him a WWE addict. <laughs> yeah, he's a WWE fanatic. I call him the wrestling historian and the wrestling fanatic. Yeah, the wrestling fanatic. There you go. Um, I actually picked the Mick and Miz for that reason. I was under the same assumption as you as, are the Usos going to wrestle this match? Were they going to sub in somebody else to take their place? I didn't know, but after watching this match, um, just the match in general, I gave the match a 7.1 out of 10. Um, I thought Shane was awesome. Um, and The Miz, as a nice guy, it takes off of his aggression as a little bit, but he's still entertaining to watch because he's a Miz. Yeah, I mean, when you saw the, the elbow into the table and then you saw the whole finale, uh, the squash, uh, skull-crushing finale, I was like, all right, boom, win. And then when the Jimmy reversed it, it's interesting to see that Jimmy also got the pin. It wasn't Jay. Um, Jay's the one that received the elbow and was knocked out on the um, – on the, on the announced that on the so, table, yeah. yeah. But it, it was a great match. Um, I like I, I wanted to see where it goes. I saw I like the whole thing at the end where Shane's in the back in ice and the Miz is feeling really really sorry and really down that he let everybody down and Shane just said, you know what, get your butt and go home, relax, go enjoy your news and I will we'll fix this on Tuesday. Go relax. So we'll see where this goes. I'm curious to see where this is going to go. Yeah, I'm curious to see. See, now this is what I'm talking about with developed storylines. They started off something good. They're going through a patch. They had their high when they won their belts. Now they're going to go through an, another emotional hiatus of some sorts. This is good storytelling. Um, I also would like to mention um, the Intercontinental Championship match, which was the third match of the evening. I gave it a 5.1 out of 10. Um, I actually gave it another point when uh, Lashley seemingly turned on Lilo, uh, or I'm sorry, Rush. Um, I actually thought Finn would win this match. I'm glad that he didn't pin Lashley. Um, I thought it was very smart way to do the match. I just didn't find the match very entertaining. How did you feel, Big Chief? Yeah, it was more of a it was a squash match for Finn Balor, I believe. You know, hey, beat this guy. You don't have to beat. So you get you get to keep Lashley's heat as you saw at the end of that and at the end of the other match. Another match, so you get it. He still be able to be the big bad heel, but now he doesn't need the mouthpiece. And you finally give Finn Bla Finn Balor uh, a nice win without the demon character, which is odd because as I was watching the pregame, they were saying uh, or the pre-show that Finn Balor has never really won anything as Finn Balor. More he only won as when he put the face paint on and became the demon. So to see him win without the demon was actually pretty nice. 
actually, I can put a spin on that and say that in the WWE, I've seen the demon. He's undefeated as a demon. He's entertaining as Finn Balor. To me, the man with the greatest, the man with the greatest entrance uh, in the WWE. Every time that entrance comes on, I have to stand up and. I. Right, but to me, he's just entertaining and interesting as Finn Balor. I don't need the demon every fight. Otherwise, you're going to waste out that character. Well, no, he's special. I believe he should only come out on, I'm going to say four matches, okay? He should come out at the Rumble if he's in a big match. Like, I should think he should have came as a demon in with uh, with the Lesnar, but with Lesnar destroying him, maybe that's not a good deal. Um, at WrestleMania, I believe he should come out as a demon. At SummerSlam, he should come out as a demon. And at Survivor Series, if he's wrestling, he should come out as a demon. So those four big pay-per-views. So it's the big, it's four? The big four? Other than that, yeah. other than that, he could do his little Fonzie impersonation, his little, his little Happy Days Fonzie act with his leather jacket and his high collar and his Balor Club and Balor Forever fever that everybody's doing. It's you know what? I I agree with you and disagree with you. I don't need him for SummerSlam. I don't need him for Survivor Series. I don't need him for Royal Rumble. But what if Finn Balor took over and started a undefeated streak as the demon at WrestleMania? I think it's very interesting if you did have Finn Balor as a demon, somebody that you very rarely see as the undertaker who had, you know, the dead man, the dead man, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is still undefeated because somebody actually got really intelligent on it. Um, I forgot what source I watched this on YouTube. Um, somebody said, well, the dead man is still technically undefeated under undertaker. The bad a, uh, is mostly what you kind of saw later, and he didn't really win like he did when he was, you know, I mean, uh, when he was in that character, the dark. You know yeah, what I mean? You're talking a dead man instead of the uh, American badass. But no, no, right, no. But you can't. You can't do that unless you're going to have the demon versus the Undertaker. We didn't get Sting and the Undertaker. Could we get the Demon versus the Undertaker at maybe this year's WrestleMania? No. I think after watching the Undertaker and uh, where was it when they had the Super SummerSlam, which not, what not? Oh yeah, the uh, Greatest Royal Rumble. Yeah, the Greatest Royal Rumble. Watching Triple H, Shawn Michaels, him and Kane. I think that should be the last match. He just they they all four of them looked done, even though it was the best match. They looked done. Oh yeah, it wasn't the greatest world run, but it was. But I know what you mean. It's another pay per view. If we had our insider, I'm sure he would have told us. Right. All right. What's what's the next match you got for us? Uh, the next match uh is. The Raw Women's Title Match, Ronda Rousey, lasted less than three minutes, and I rated it a 3.3 out of 10. And I actually did the numbers. Uh, I, I was mistaken. I, on my emotions, I said 6.7 out of 10. Go match by match and give the actual rating. It's a 4.75 out of 10. It's just below average. Um. But this match is Ronda Rousey versus Ruby Riot. This match personally upset me. It was not actually I, I do I'm sorry. I do have this rated as the worst match of the night. Um there was no reason to have Ruby Riot get beat like that by Ronda Rousey. I don't like how every female on the Raw roster is scared of Ronda Rousey, including the biggest one. Like, it, it, she can go fight men and not be scared, but she can, like, be scared of Ronda Rousey. 
like they're turning her into the female Brock Lesnar. This isn't fair. This match sucks. Plain and simple. Ruby Riot is it was she was an afterthought. We all know where this was leading, as we saw at the end, with the three. Flair comes out, or she was on the she was at ringside. Here comes Becky. Becky beats them both up, but she's suspended. So it looks like maybe it's going to be Becky versus Charlotte at Fastlane. Possibly if Becky wins, she's in the title match. Maybe they do something like that. I'm not quite sure because she's supposed to be suspended for 60 days plus five. That's five days after WrestleMania. But she's not. It's basically, I don't know. I don't know if you can call her Lesnar of the female division, but she's not because she's wrestling. She's actually showing up and she's actually wrestled in a full year at every pay-per-view, I believe. She's not Lesnar. She's not taking days off. She's not taking nights off. This reminds me of when Daniel Bryan fought Triple H at WrestleMania, beat Triple H, then he went to them. He was able to go to the main event and fought against Batista and Randy Orton for and won the world title back at WrestleMania 30. Welcome back. So this had, like I was saying, this has the same type of storyline. Becky Lynch is going to fight. I'm assuming maybe Flair, maybe at Fastlane and that will make her win a, get her opportunity at at a, at WrestleMania in the triple threat. And here's the key, folks. Listen out here. She'll be she will beat Flair, pin Flair, not Rousey, not Ronda, and become the champion. That way, Ronda never got pinned. But what's interesting to me is that they keep pushing that this is going to be the main event for WrestleMania. Listen closely. They keep trying to say that this is going to be history-making, evolution, revolution, whatever you call it, for the women. And it's going to be the main event at WrestleMania. Evolution. Evolution. I don't know. They haven't officially said anything about that's going to be the main event at WrestleMania. But I wouldn't be shocked that it is. And Becky will become the women's champion at the end of the night. And boom, fireworks. Good night. See you guys on Monday. And then after that Monday, we'll have the draft. And it will be awesome. So, my thought pattern is, is if she's really injured, which actually, I actually do believe she's hurt this time, you sit her out at fast lane. Ronda's going to take a break. Flair will wrestle. She's going to find herself in the mix of some drama because of her cockiness. And nobody in the back of the locker room will enjoy that. So she'll fight. But this is what I think will happen to WrestleMania. Stephanie McMahon will fight her. She will fight the man. And when the man wins, the stipulation of that fight is if you beat Stephanie on your hurt knee, which she will play off like it's hurt all the way to WrestleMania, and all of a sudden, when she gets to the match, she's healthy. She'll beat Stephanie easily, and then she'll be in the triple threat match at the very end of the night or in the last, the next to last match. And then she'll win. And I agree with you. She'll pin Charlotte because they have to keep up the monstrous, the monstrous, Monstrous Ronda Rousey. Hey, what did you think of Ronda Rousey's outfit last night? Derek had made a uh, wow. Uh, our guy, our yeah. <laughs> our insider, yeah. made a comment saying that she looked like Sonya Blade, but yet they showed 
the other MMA or the other female MMA that's supposed to come in cyborg looking like Katana. I don't get why she came in looking like Sonya Blade. I uh, I prefer the Ronda Rowdy outfit. Well, she came out as I think because they're promoting the Mortal Kombat 11. I think she's uh, the voice of one of the of, uh, of Sonya. Oh, so she's the she's the um, Sonya Blade character now. Uh, yeah. She's all but why they really do Ruby Riot like that for real? Ruby Riot is better than that. That's I don't know. Maybe. Uh... Maybe she's in hot water with the business. I don't know. I mean, they didn't even promote this match. I mean, it was like, oh, hey, by the way, uh, Ruby Wyatt versus Ronda Rousey for the title at Elimination Chamber. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then to go on from that horrible mess of a match was the next horrible mention of a match of a night. Uh... The Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, and Baron Corbin no disqualification match versus Braun Strowman. <laughs> yeah, they did Braun Strowman dirty on that one. See, before I knew that this was a three-on-one match, I actually picked Braun Strowman to win. I didn't actually think Baron... You know what? Before they came down, though... Oh, excuse me. Baron Corbin was actually holding his own um, for, you know, four minutes or so. Um, I actually rated this match 3.4 out of 10 because Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley, and Baron Corbin, dude, Brock Lesnar couldn't survive that. Yeah, but why are they making Braun Strowman such a weakling? He's supposed to be a monster. Well, that's the thing. They're... He is a monster, but those there's two monsters and one coward like fighting Braun Strowman. Right. Drew I mean, McIntyre is a monster. Bobby Lashley, I don't care what anybody Bobby Lashley is bigger than Brock Lesnar. And let's not remember he's also a guy who's an MMAer. And for some reason when he came back to WWE, they made him look weak. Er than Brock Lesnar. They make everybody look weaker. If you didn't make it in WWE, they don't acknowledge, at least Vince McMahon doesn't acknowledge anything he did outside of his, of his company. Then why did they do it with Brock Lesnar? I, I don't know. That's because it's not wrestling. He made himself at UFC, he didn't make himself as a wrestler. If you made yourself name out of a big company, other, I mean, other than AJ Styles, everybody else has gotten some crappy push. Look at, I mean, look at the Good Brothers. Hello. They were the hottest free agents ever. They came to WWE and they're nowhere. They're doing stupid stuff like, the Edge and Christian show, or they haven't got a serious run, push, whatever you want to call it. Look at um, Bobby Roode. Really? A tag team? And with Gable? Where's his big push? He could be a nice single competitor. You know, it's funny now that you're pushing this argument because you're the one that keeps pushing for the New Day to break up when they don't need to. The New Day needs to break up. Getting pushes that they don't necessarily need separately. Like, I get... But you know what this is? There's one common denominator for everybody that keeps getting pushed down. Notice you have not named one person from SmackDown's roster. Okay. You keep talking about all the people that's on Raw's roster. What I'm saying is that, but my point is this, if you don't make your name in WWE, if you make your name out of the other outside WWE, and look, 
You're Mr. WWE as far as you do not watch other wrestling shows. I do. Our insider obviously does. We try to get you to watch it. Um, but if you don't make your name, if you don't make your name inside the company. Now, granted, they might be going away with it because Triple H is noticing. That's why NXT is great. That's why. So if when Vince McMahon time to hang it up and totally give control to his son-in-law, we might see something different. But until then, if you make your name inside the inside or outside of WWE, you don't get the right push. All right. All right. Are you sure it's Vince McMahon and not the something going on separately? Because how come everybody that goes to SmackDown got a proper push or airtime? Because SmackDown's only two hours. Oh, because, okay, so let me get this straight. So in less time, you find more time to promote people and push them up as opposed to a three-hour show where you have more time you're finding less time to promote more people. Correct, because you have you. It's a three-hour show. It's hard to do. Just remember, it's three hours every week. Yes, three hours every week, and you don't have time to promote as many people that you have on Raw than you do on SmackDown. Correct, because they have what they call a three-segment match. The matches are long on Raw. That's what the problem you don't. That's what you don't get. Is the matches? Look at the segments in that, in there. There, one match is like three segments, which is what is what equivalent to like forty-five minutes. So one match is at least forty-five minutes of your time. If you think about it, when it comes to the fact they got it's the same writers. But who's, that's, that's who? I'm asking, are you sure it's the same writers? If okay, it. it may, Maybe it's not the same writers. I think it is, but if it's not the same writer, it's the same guy driving the bus. Doesn't matter who. You can have yeah, people it's not the same bus. These are two different buses. No, it's not the same two different buses. It's the same head guy. You honestly think that Vince McMahon is not on SmackDown calling the shots? He's in the back on SmackDown calling the shots. He just has only two hours to play with. I I, 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 I honestly don't. Okay, because well, you're why, wrong. Okay. I get what you're saying. That I'm not arguing. But you have to think here. Something's off. Because let's just take SmackDown last week for an example. Kofi Kingston was in a match that lasted an hour and 20 minutes on a two-hour show in a gauntlet match that they found a way to develop rivalries and storylines in a gauntlet match that did not stop. You can find a way to create storylines on SmackDown inside of two hours, but you can't do it on Raw. It's like night and day. And for every good show that's on Raw, there's like five bad ones. Correct. And for every every bad show that's on SmackDown, there's like three or four good ones. Okay, but... What I'm saying is, yes, it was great. Do you know why that Kofi Kingston match, the Gauntlet match, because it was great? Because it was Kofi Kingston, man. And Big Chief, didn't you just last night say that Kofi Kingston was just mediocre? He was middle of the road? He is middle of the road. That's why it's great when it comes to where he's getting a high push. But he's always been middle of the road. He's intercontinental champion road. But when you get him pushed to the high level of a world championship match, it's an exciting thing. So that's what makes it great because it's almost like a, and I know you're going to say he's not an underdog, but it's you get that underdog mentality, mentality. That's where he is. That's what you get when you see a Kofi Kingston perform great on a gauntlet match last Till last night, till the final two at the Elimination Chamber. Um, and, folks, uh, that's where we're going to. We're going straight to that one. I mean, 
I don't know. We have any other matches before we get Willie into that Elimination Chamber match before we get real quick? No, the Elimination Chamber match is the last match we had to talk to. Okay, talk so, about. All right. So what, I just want to make sure we weren't missing anything. Um, that's when you get the that's – what, that's what made it exciting because it was like, oh, and that's what it brings when I mean to the – when it comes to this. Maybe, like I said last night, if you put Ali into that that role, maybe it's not as, as exciting, <coughs> excuse me, because Ali is still kind of new. But it's still that underdog mentality, okay? That's what brings a great storyline. I get what you're saying. But it's the same guy driving this bus. His name is Vincent Kennedy McMahon, okay? Maybe he prefers SmackDown better than Raw. But Raw's his baby, so he's going to try even harder. I'm not quite sure. But last night, that match was great. And what made it great was actually Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston. I would, okay? I would have thought Kofi Kingston would have been the first one eliminated in that elimination chamber. I was shocked that it was actually Samoa Joe to get eliminated first. Okay, my first thought, because Jeff Hardy is – Jeff Hardy's been falling off a little bit, so I thought Jeff Hardy would have been the first one to fall out, and then Randy Orton was last in the ring, and I was kind of hoping that Kofi Kingston would get a shot, even though Randy Orton is one of my fab fab five. So it's more so that I wanted to see something new, and look, we've seen Kofi fight for the title before ages ago when he had his, um, his rivalry with Randy Orton. But since then... Well, what was speculated, I was watching um, a What If or What on YouTube. They were talking about why Kofi never got a proper push. And they were saying that's because him and Vince McMahon butted heads a few years ago because he accidentally injured Randy Orton in that rivalry, which is the reason why that Kofi Kingston never became Kofi Kingston that we're seeing now. Correct. Probably a lot has to do with that, maybe. Um, but what my biggest thing as far as like, okay, it was a great match. Daniel Bryant won the match. He did it without any interference. I honestly thought we were going to see interference by maybe a Bray Wyatt coming back or maybe, um, Rowan somehow came in and caught and helped Bryant win the match. It was a great match. Great ending. So many hopes for Kofi Kingston. It was a great match. I'm going to get... I give that I give the ending a match. The ending alone got a ten. The whole match in general, I probably gave it gave it about an eight. Like like I said, that kind of saved the pay per view in my opinion. That last part of the match, um, that was great. Yeah, I agree. Matter of fact, I rated it a nine point six, and the only reason why I dropped four points is frankly because of your argument. You said that Samoa Joe went out first. I would rather have seen Jeff Hardy go out first because Samoa Joe has more going on with everybody else. I mean, Samoa Joe got eliminated before Randy Orton got into the ring. That takes out the two most aggressive people in the match. And to see them not fire off on each other, kind of was like, eh, but it didn't matter because Kofi Kingston brought it all night long. Right. So... Let me get into another thing. So that's the Elimination Chamber, folks. That's the Elimination Chamber. If you haven't watched it, I suggest if you have the WWE Network or if you don't, it's only $9.99 a month. Um, get it. Subscribe to it. Watch it. It's great um, if you haven't watched it. So now let me get into the part of the topic I want to talk about right now. Factions. And yes, we're going to talk about factions for probably about the next 10 minutes. Here we go. Then, then we call it a night. Okay. Here we go. The greatest factions of all time, they've broken up. And hey. then they've gotten back together later. DX, a greatest faction. Call it what you want. You can call it the DX part one, which HBK and, and Triple H, they broke up. They got back together. For the late later in the later in their careers, and it was great. And hold However, on, hold, a lot on of- hold on, hold on, real quick. Just uh, the DX point. Uh, it was just announced twenty minutes ago on Instagram. I'm not sure how new this is. 
X Pac, China, uh, Bad A Billy Gunn, Road Dog Jesse James, Shawn Michaels, and DX are all going into the Hall of Fame for WWE. Oh, that, that's great. That is that is great to hear. So it's so, another faction. Another so, faction is in. Go ahead. So let me hear. The next faction of the DX trio, when Shawn Michaels left, Triple H, X Pac, Road Dog, Bat, Billy Gunn, China. Guess what, folks? They broke up. Then, when Triple H did his own King of Kings, or his the game, he was the game. You know, he didn't need him anymore. They came back later in their careers. It was a great reunion. Everybody strived. The Outlaws became one of the greatest tag team champions of all time. X-Pac held his own. China became women's champion, fought in the Rumble, did a bunch of stuff by herself. She grew. Triple H grew to what Triple H is today. Okay, I will go to another faction, the Rockers. Shawn Michaels grew from the Rockers when he threw Marty Jannetty through that window. Look at the Shield. They were great. Okay? All of a sudden, boom, they break up. Rollins hits both of them with the chair. Rollins becomes a heavyweight champion. He he goes crazy. Roman Reigns gets a little bit of a push. Dean Ambrose got him. All three of those guys are world champions. Now you're going to tell me, well, what about Evolution? Evolution held all the titles all at once. Hold on. You can't tell my side of the story that we had last night and we're putting on the show to prove your point. That's not fair. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I'm sorry. I was, getting, I was getting into it, man. I was getting crazy. All right? I was like, hey, I'm getting heated because my side of the story, I'm, I'm getting heated. I'll let you right. tell your side of the story real quick. Go ahead. Look, here's my selling point. Evolution did everything separate, then came together and decided they would evolve. Guess what? They did. You actually corrected me. Flair and Batista were tag team champions. Randy Orton was Intercontinental Champion. Triple H was champion. Why can't we see that from a new day? And we're not saying that they all have to be heavyweight champ. One can get the U.S. belt and the other two can get the tag team belt. Okay, but all right. But remember when what made Randy Orton? Randy Orton won the world title as a member of Evolution. Got a thumbs, got a thumbs down. Got back dropped by Batista, beat up by Triple H, and Randy Orton became the Viper. And my one of my favorite factions that never gets any credit was um, the Baby Billion Dollar Kid with Randy Orton and one of my personal favorites. I, I can't mention his name because he's not part of the WWE, and I heard he doesn't want his name mentioned with the WWE, so I'm not going to mention his name. Right. So I'm just – I mean, look at the Wyatt family. They broke up. Now, they were a faction. That, to me, that was more of a family than a faction. But they're still a faction. Yeah. The Wyatt, the Wyatt family. Yeah, the Wyatt family. So I'm not saying, like I said, I'm, I'm saying that it, it. So does Gangrel, Edge, and Christian all count as a faction when they came out? Yeah, they're called the Brood. That's they broke right. up. That's right. Yeah, but one of them dropped out of the WWE, and the other two were awesome. Correct, but I mean, hey, and, and you know, um, hell, Matt and Jeff Hardy broke up. Matt, Jeff, and, and Lita. They broke up. All three of them broke up. Yeah, but then one cheated, yeah, but one cheated on the other one with the rated R superstar. One became champion, and the other one went to another company. <laughs> so I don't know how you could consider a faction if they're not successful apart. One became a hoe, one became a champion, and the other one became out of work. Ding, 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 ding. What have the New Day did by themselves? Okay. Xavier Woods, if I'm not mistaken, was champion in Impact. Is that not correct? 
Uh, I believe wasn't he one of the most exciting wrestlers in Impact? Your insider told me that one. Okay, Sue, Big E, Ding 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 was the very last champion of WCW, and he beat who? Christian. Okay, and that was one of the best title fights I have ever seen in my life. I bet you still haven't looked it up. Three, Kofi Kingston is still one of the most underrated wrestlers. And the only reason why he never got a push was because he accidentally hurt somebody and he they thought he was too raw to be champion. Okay. So, <laughs> so uh, I know you were heated, but you got the initials mixed up. It was actually ECW, as you keep telling me, not WCW. My bad. But, but it's okay. Um, yeah, I believe uh, – uh, Xavier Wood as Apollo Creed was an X Division champion. I'll have to get back to the insider to find out if I'm not quite mistaken. I don't think he was a heavyweight champion. Um, but my point is this, being this. It's time for them to have single runs. Break up the New Day. It's coming, FJB. It is coming, and it's coming Quicker than you know it, when you then you think. I smell it. It's like a shark smelling blood in the water. It's coming. The new day, especially with this push, last night would have been the perfect opportunity for Big E and Xavier Woods to turn on them without any explanation. I know what you said. Okay, without any explanation and saved it for for Tuesday, with the that we call that in the business the hook, um, saved it for Tuesday to give them watching, wanting more, and asking questions. But to me, that would have been the perfect opportunity to do it. Maybe because of jealousy, maybe I don't know something. They could have sure caught up, made it something. But I think that would have been the greatest opportunity for them to change. Okay, but here's kind of my catch. Do you remember Biggie as a heel? Yeah. You do? Because a lot of people don't. Xavier Woods would be the perfect heel, but he doesn't have enough crowd backing yet. But now that they are the way they are, those three can go anywhere they want to and pretty much do anything they want. Okay, so let's, 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 I'm going to play. All right, let's just play. I'm going to play Mr. Uh, um, Shout out to the, uh, IWC internet wrestling community because that's basically what we sound like. Um, <laughs> you know. Uh, let's just say for giggles you have they break up around the draft time. Xavier Woods goes down to 205 runs that division becomes cruiserweight champion helps that division with some with something in it because actually that's what Enzo Amore's job was bigger than Kofi Kingston. Yeah, but there's a lot of guys. They're not 205 and 205. It's just the title. It's just the title. So you go with this. Xavier Woods becomes the new Enzo and goes into 205 and becomes the champion. Helps that division grow up a little bit. That's what Enzo was supposed to do, but then he got in trouble. Big Chief, let me get a glass of water because my mouth is starting to get dry. I'll be back with you in about 30 seconds. Folks, why my partner needs a uh, shout-out to Taz Show. Um, I'm going to steal his line, a water break. I don't have his fancy music. Um, It is amazing. What I what I what I think about this uh, this thing and this great uh, topic we're talking about, and I'm trying to stall, but I'm stalling. All right, I'm back. All right, he's back. He's back. So I was stalling. Trying to stall. That was the longest 30 seconds. So. All right. But trying to put Xavier Woods on 205 when he's bigger 
than Kofi Kingston. You you could sell Kofi Kingston on two or five better than you could Xavier Woods. Okay, then put it Kofi Kingston on two or five. I'm just saying, put one of them on two or five. Help that division, like Enzo Amore was supposed to do. Okay, then you go at this. Okay. Then 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 hear me out. Hear me out. Then you give you give. Okay, for it, I'm gonna play the I'm gonna play the booker how my, I see it. I'll give you the opportunity to see how you see it. Okay. Okay. So I say put Xavier on two or five. He maybe he comes the champion. Now you have the the uh, the the split coming up. This is how you split them up. So you have the draft uh, reshuffling of the rosters. So now you put one on Raw, one on SmackDown. <clears throat> you give uh, you draft Kofi Kingston to to Raw, and you have him feud with Finn Balor for the IC title. So now he has the Intercontinental Championship opportunity, and that helps him grow to one day become the Universal Champion. Now, then you put Big E, he gets his own push, and now he goes after the WWE Champion, and whoever that may be, Danny Bryan, uh, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Randy Orton, whoever you call. And then later on in the reunion show or later they come back together, now you have former champions. Legitimate former champions. Or Big E and, Co- and uh, Xavier Woods become tag team champions by themselves, and Kofi Kingston goes off to, to Raw and becomes uh, and challenges for the Intercontinental title and gives his push again. Just not as a Jamaican man because I do not want to see Kofi Kingston as Mr. Jamaican. That was one of the worst characters he ever had. Now the floor is yours, my friend. Okay. So you want everybody to get a push, right? Yes. Okay. This faction is special. And the reason why I say that is because of the positivity power of pancakes, okay? They got too much invested in bootios and the power of positivity of pancakes. I'm sorry. I just like saying that. Now, here, now let's be realistic. This faction is so special. They can be together without having to, to not represent one brand. A New Day can be the first time be a faction that's separated but together. You have one on Raw, and I would push that that would be Kofi Kingston, because Kofi Kingston's name is bigger than Xavier Woods and uh, Big E. I think Big E should stay on SmackDown and start a rivalry with Rusev and then grow from there. If there were to uh, not break up, but this is how I would do it. And then I would have Xavier Woods go to NXT because his style of wrestling is high-flying and more, and his, actually, he has the highest motor out of all three. I think Big E is the most exciting, and, of course, the veteran is Kofi Kingston. I think, well, especially since you kind of have a missing big man in NXT, didn't uh, Lawson, like, lose his mind? Uh, Larson, Lars? Larson? Lars, whatever. Lars Sullivan. Yeah, Lars Sullivan. You're now in void of a big man at NXT. Big E can fit that role very easily. But see, that's my initiative of pushing NXT up to rival SmackDown Raw and, you know, uh, Live 205, which I think they're better than Live 205 already. And then you get a couple of people from Raw that have names and push them over to SmackDown. You're telling me, for an example, imagine if Evan Bourne were still here. Can you imagine Evan Bourne versus Ricochet? Yeah, I see that. I mean, there is a couple of guys on Raw that you can push to NXT that are not getting any love that can go to NXT and help develop the brand that can push them up 
and get them their own channel. Because this is what I want to see with NXT. I want to see them get their own channel. I want to be able to watch them weekly without not having to go on my phone. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. That's what I would do. But together, separate. Or separately together. Okay. That's how I would do it. But that also ties in with my initiative of pushing up NXT. But I've always thought about that, but I don't know if it'll ever happen just because Vincent Man has too much money and creativity. And on this, and here's on the same note, how perfect would it be if Saturday night events were now NXTs? And Channel 5 plays uh, the CW, if the CW were to play NXT, just like Saturday Night Live. And then after Saturday Night Live, two days later, you got Raw. And then after Raw, you got SmackDown the next night. You don't have to have 205 Live on right after SmackDown anymore. Now you can have 205 Live right after on the CW NXT. So it looks like you're pairing rivalries between NXT and 205, and then you're going to have rivalries naturally between SmackDown and Raw. That way, you got your two hours on Saturday when there is no sports really right now. And who, let's see, what does this country watch more? College football wrestling. Hmm. Wrestling is a world watched sporting event. Wrestling is still going to get big numbers because it's wrestling. And if you really want to get smart, play in the middle of the day. In between, when all the horrible college football teams are playing, and guess what? The NFL is not there, and uh, the AAF and the XFL are brand new, and one's not even on yet. Saturday is missing for wrestling terribly, and I would like it back. And that's my thought process. All right. Well, let me counteract on that real quick, folks, before I leave. I got some stuff to say about that. Um, I agree. And yes, that and that and yes, that has to do with specifically, specifically with a new day, because it should be a new day for those two brands, and a new day can help them out. Well, I, I don't know about a new day, but this is a new episode of Sports Daddy <laughs> TV, of Sports Daddy TV presents the Coastal Bros. Just thought I <laughs> thought it out there for you guys, but um. I don't know if they'll ever do a Saturday. Uh, I think your, your Saturday night main event type of thing, but it would be it would be kind of cool. Um, if anything, they needed to do is they need to push two hundred five because I believe they're using NXT as their minor league. You got to think. I think of NXT as their developmental league. Um, they're their D league. They're their minor league baseball team. They're maybe the A A A F L again. Try to say that. Three times fast. Um, for, like, looks like that's going as far as for NFL. Using maybe using that for their minor, minor league uh, affiliates. So if you're saying if if that's true to what you just said, then uh, Ricochet needs to no longer be there. Uh, Champa needs to be on SmackDown, and I am I want Champa on SmackDown like three years ago. Like, Ciampa is the best wrestler in the ring that nobody talks about. And then the new North American champion, uh, he was in the Royal Rumble. His name slips in right now. He can compete on Raw, SmackDown, 205 Live, at your auntie's house, at my cousin's house, at both of our um, uh, baby mama's houses. Like, it, it wouldn't matter. Right. So, like I said, so, yes, um, is that, it, I'm sure that's going to happen soon. Because before you started watching NXT, I was watching it along with our insider, and they had Bobby Roode, they had Ben Balor, they had uh, Samoa Joe, um, they had everybody but AJ Styles. He's the only one not, uh, him and the Good Brothers are the only ones not to debut on Raw or SmackDown and not NXT. Every even 
even the new guys that are coming out now, EC3 was on NXT. He's now possibly going to Raw or SmackDown. Um, so everybody moves up. So I believe you'll see Ricochet soon. You're going to see some honest Champa. You might even see a Johnny Gargano. If you, but I'm not sure about Johnny, only because Daniel Bryan's back and they kind of were the same character, in my opinion. But that's you're going to get those guys, so then you replenish with whoever. I mean, the guy that needs to go to tonight, the guy that I believe that needs to get called up soon, if you want to use this as a minor league system, is no other than Velveteen Dream. <laughs> because, <coughs> folks, I've watched, I got you. I've watched this guy since Tough Enough. He's, in fact, if you got to admit, you know, the guys that have, the guy and the girl that won Tough Enough are no longer even in the company. Who's in the company now? Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, who were on Tough Enough, Velveteen Dream, who was on Tough Enough, and they're the ones that have all the heart. They didn't even win the damn show. Let me ask you this question, since you just put a what-if stamp on this. Let me blow your mind real quick, and anybody else who listens to this show. What if NXT kept all their stars? Oh, my God, your mind is just blown. You didn't even think about that, did you? Yeah, I did. NXT would be the number one show right now. Yeah, but they will think about that. They're not on a they're not gonna go to a in the today's age with everybody watching TV on the go, as I call it. It's their number one show. You don't have to watch it every Wednesday. It's on demand. You can watch it whenever you want to watch it. Right now it's on Monday. I could watch last week's. NXT. That happened over once a week ago. It's on demand. They love it. I can do it anytime. Just like this show. This show is on demand. Um, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and every all the other greatest podcast uh, outlets out there. And will be put on YouTube, Twitter, and anything else that can be at your hand. But on that, folks, I'd like to say thank you for listening and watching. Um, I hope you like this episode. We let we were we went a little long um, today. Sorry about the rough beginning with the many breaks in between, but this is a fun show, FJB, and uh, this is my I believe this is like baseball. This is most of my second passion, my other love. Um, yeah, you're you're baseball and WWE, and I'm totally football, basketball. So um, I get into it really quick. I get into it really heated, but uh, it's fun. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the back and forth. And uh like to also follow uh, Click and Argue, I believe, SJB. You just put out a new uh, new, new segment. Yes, I did. And the segment was about Tony. Wow, well, I almost said Tony Romo. <laughs> it was Jerry Jones and LeBron James and what they could have in common. Oh, boy. That's an interesting show. And also, folks, um, after much debated, uh, we talked about this back and forth. I, I did finally come up with my own, uh, my own show. It's called uh, "There Goes the No Hitter," and uh, if you take a listen to it, I leave it on available on Spotify. Um, hopefully, soon on Apple Podcast. Um, you know, I did a breakdown of the uh, MLB Hall of Fame, 2000 class of 2019, and who's in, who's out, and who won't ever get in. But uh, take a listen to that. If you if you're a big baseball fan, I'll try to bring you uh, uh, episodes over there. Uh, as uh, the baseball season just started, just kicked off spring training. So, but uh, like I said, for as far as this show goes, this show is going to be a lot of a uh, back and forth. Other it might be a little bit of other sports. Um, Anytime there's a big thing with the big debate that uh, myself and FJB want to get to, we'll get on this. Look for me also. I might be on one of his, I guess, appearing on one of his episodes soon, um, as well as he might be uh, guest appearing on one of my episodes just for fun. And uh, I hope you guys like this episode. And, we will and also I'd like to add that because a big chief kind of motivated me, I will also be adding my movie discussions 
along to my click and argue page. So my show is going to continue to grow with just more episodes. Correct. So, you know, we're going to, we're going to put some stuff out there. We have some great listeners. I, I know we have some new listeners. Also, don't forget to follow us on our Facebook page, the Sports Daddy TV blog, um, our Twitter at Sports Daddy TV. You know, email us at sportsdaddytv at gmail.com. And also follow us on YouTube. We, I'm, folks, I keep saying this, but I will get another video out there soon. Um, also, you know, also be where we might be going to Instagram Live and possibly Facebook Live. Uh, we might do an episode on that. We might do, uh, I think, in, in the near future, we might do an episode where it's just particularly that and. Yes, and um, I want to send a shout-out to the new women first-time-ever tag team champions, the Hugs Connection. Boss, con- boss Hug Connection. Once again, congratulations on being the first women tag team champion, however, ever in the WWE, because if you follow wrestling like I do, they weren't the first. It was always about the knockouts in TNA. But for that... I want to say, along with FJB, my name is Big Chief Daddy. Thanks for listening. Have a great night.